Welcome to Smart Talk. I'm Scott Lamar. With just a week before Election Day, Smart Talk continues our conversations with the candidates, giving voters the opportunity to learn more about the candidates on the ballots that they'll see next Tuesday. Today, we'll talk with two candidates running for the U.S. House of Representatives. Mary Ellen Balchunas is a Democrat looking to represent the 7th Congressional District. The 7th District includes parts of Lancaster and Berks counties, along with Chester, Delaware, and Montgomery counties. She is running against incumbent Republican Congressman Patrick Meehan. Ms. Malchunas, welcome to the program. Thank you, Scott. I'm glad to be with you. All right. This is not your first run for this seat. Uh, Why did you decide to run again? Well, as America Votes said, uh, the 7th is the worst gerrymandered district in the nation. Uh, And you pointed out that in my district I have five counties, and I'm the only congressional candidate I know that has five counties. This used to be Joe Sustek's old seat. So the party asked me to run in 2014. Uh, they told, in fact, they were honest with me. They said that the district had been so gerrymandered. Um, this is uh, the district that Congressman Pat Meehan, who I'm running against, um, he had this portion when he was U.S. attorney. Of course, he selected the most Republican parts of the district. Um, so, so the party said, you're not going to win because the district is so gerrymandered. But Um, run, get good name recognition, and I'm a political scientist. I taught political science at LaSalle for 24 years, and I often told my students, you have to run a second time to get that name recognition. So I got all the endorsements from um, the parties um, in the five counties, and uh, went on. I ran again, and in the primary, I ran with 74%. uh, So I think it was wise. (laughs) And the party said, 2016 is the real election. More Democrats come out in presidential election. Hillary will be on the ballot. Historic numbers of women will come out to vote. And, uh, you know, I'm a political scientist, so I'm thanking God, but also thanking Donald Trump. He's also helping our campaign a great deal. And as you know, Hillary's doing uh, well in Pennsylvania. She's still winning Pennsylvania, but she's doing extremely well in the Philadelphia suburbs, Bucks, Chester, Lancaster, and Delaware. And um, of those four, I have three. The only one I don't have is Box. So we feel really good about the election. Um, And I'm running because I tell my students that you can do a lot of good with politics, and I really believe that. So I don't want to just talk the talk. I want to walk the walk. And, for example, uh, the seniors, I want to protect Medicare and expand Social Security. Um, As a college professor, I want to reduce the interest rates on student loans. And I'm a million-mom marcher. So I want to make sure that we have safe gun laws, background checks, universal background checks, but also a ban on assault weapons. I want to talk about all those things, but I want to get back to something you had said earlier. You said about uh, Patrick Meehan uh, choosing the district. Now, just to be clear, the state legislature draws up those districts. So I just wanted to, to point that out, that uh, even though he was a U.S. attorney, um, he legally didn't have anything to do with it. That was the, the, uh, uh, the, the state legislature. When you say that you have these counties other than Bucks, are you talking about polls? Uh, I had their support. Oh, okay. From the Democratic Party. Correct, correct. Although the Delaware County Daily Times is saying that I am within striking distance uh, of Pat Mann. Um, and I just want to go back to what you just said. Um, State uh, Senator Dalen Leach, um, who is a senator from my area. A Democrat, yeah. Democrat. Mm-hmm, said that he saw um, Pat Meehan come in the day that they were drawing the districts with maps. 
um, and he was walking into the Harrisburg Hilton with the Republican leaders. And he used to have on his website that, that indeed, this was the district he used to represent. Of course, it's the most Republican parts of the district he used to represent. So he, you know, did have input, definitely did have input into uh, the drawing of the district. Okay, I, and and you know that's that's what what you're saying. I, I'm just pointing out that legally that the, it's the legislature. No big Correct. deal. We'll just uh, just leave it at that. I agree uh, so, with you. Scott. So you were uh, you you mentioned some of the issues, but uh, what do you think are some of the major issues facing the country right now? Well, I think the biggest issue is the inequality, and I think you. You see that um, with this presidential election um, on the Republican side, you saw uh, the, the growth of Trump. And also on the Democratic side, you saw the growth that Sanders had. Um, and, you know, it's, it's really the 1% and the rest of us. And my motto, my theme is fighting for the rest of us. Um, my opponent uh, voted for a tax break for the less than 1%. And, you know, he's voted against an increase in middle, minimum wage. He's voted against um, equal pay for women. Um, you know, he's voted for vouchers for seniors. Uh, and, and I think people are feeling it. Hmm. So, uh, so well, that, you know, that brings up in, whenever there is an incumbent running, uh, as you well know as a political science uh, professor, that a lot of times an election is a referendum on that incumbent. Why do you think that you are a better candidate than uh, Pat Meehan? Well, I think if you're a senior, if you're an environmentalist, uh, if you're a woman, um, if you're a working family, uh, you are better off with me than you are with uh, Pat Meehan. Um, Pat Meehan has uh, voted, as I said, uh, to, to change the Medicare as we know it. Um, he's voted against protections for the um, environment, um, many protections, and um, he's voted to increase the interest rates on student loans. I, I want to decrease those interest rates on student loans. Uh, for, for women, he, you know, he's, as I said, voted against equal pay for women, um, voted against giving, letting women have the choice. Um, voted against cancer screenings for for women. Um, so, uh, for many reasons, uh, if you're not wealthy, um, you know you you can look at our finance reports and you can see that he gets big donations from health insurance. So it's no wonder that he votes against um, Obamacare 70 times. Um, it's no wonder, and and those numbers uh, are anywhere from 50 to, to 70, depending on. Uh, what you're looking at, um, but uh, his his money comes from big insurers, health insurers, um, big oil, um, Wall Street. Uh, he, you know, I want to protect uh, seniors' retirements, um, so I want to make sure we have regulations on Wall Street. Uh, Pat Meehan voted against that. You know, his his uh, PR puts out there that he's a moderate, but if you look closely at his record, he's not a moderate. Um, you know, he gets low grades from environmental groups. Um, he gets high grades from uh, the NRA. Um, and I get terrible grades, of course. Uh, so, so we're very different. But I think I am better for this district. I was born in South Philadelphia. My family moved here when I was one. And uh, I was raised here. I've raised my daughter here. Uh, she's a college student now. Um, so I know this district. I know what this district needs. I think I would be 
the person that would be best to take care of the needs and help improve the lives and the safety. You know, I want a ban on assault weapons. I don't want terrorists to be able to carry assault weapons. I have family members who are in law enforcement. I don't think that criminals um, should be able to uh, carry weapons that are more powerful than our police officers uh, do. We'll talk about uh, some more issues with Mary Ellen Baltunas in just a moment. You're listening to Smart Talk on WITF, your home for NPR News and all things regional. I'm Scott Lamar. We're continuing our conversations with the congressional candidates today. Our guest is Mary Ellen Balchunas, the Democrat looking to represent the 7th Congressional District. The 7th District includes parts of Lancaster and Berks counties, along with Chester, Delaware, and Montgomery counties. And uh, we're going to be talking more about some issues here in just a moment. I wanted to say that WITF's election 2016 coverage is supported by the Harrisburg office of the law firm of Saul Ewing, LLP. All right, let's get into you had mentioned Donald Trump and Donald Trump and candidates who support Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton has, uh, you know, that's become an issue uh, this year. Now, when it comes to uh, Congressman Meehan, he actually called for Donald Trump to drop out of the race two, two weeks ago when uh, the Access Hollywood tape uh, came out. Uh, in fact, I saw that he said that he's going to write in Mike Pence for uh, president. So, you know, this is a Republican running against a Republican who has disavowed Donald Trump as the Republican candidate. What part uh, is that an issue in the campaign? Your campaign, I should say. Um, yes, people are very concerned about it. They've been concerned that um, Pat Meehan didn't come out uh, to criticize uh, any of the comments, the disparaging comments against women, against Muslims, people with disabilities, uh, the uh, Hispanics, um, and and it took that Trump that uh, tape that <laughs> talked about Donald Trump's and sexual assault uh, for Pat Meehan to come out, and then he says he's going to write in uh, Pence. Pence, as governor, has the worst record uh, against women. He, it's very anti-women and. Um, he also has a, a terrible record on uh, LGBT issues. Um, so, and uh, and furthermore, if you go to his Facebook, uh, you'll see he talk, he's thanking his volunteers for for doing phone banks, but surrounding those people uh, in his campaign office are uh, Trump Pence signs and uh, Make America Great signs. You know, if I really wasn't supporting Trump, um, I'd be cutting those. Uh, signs in half. And, you know, you touched on this, but why is that an issue? I mean, yes, uh, Meehan is a Republican, so most of the time, up until this race, uh, the Republican is going to support uh, the Republican candidate. But uh, why is that an issue? What does it say about his judgment, in your opinion? What does it say about Pat Meehan's judgment? Yes. Um, It points to, to that he's a career politician. He is actually a master politician. I mean, to draw the district so that no Democrat could get in, that's pretty masterful. I don't think it's ethical. I, have, I won a national award for my work on ethics and government from the American Society for Public Administration, so I don't think it's ethical. But, you know, from a political science point of view, it's masterful that he, he would be able to do that with his seat. Um, he had no issues uh, up until, and I've been pointing this out, on his website, on his campaign website. Um, He just put up uh, some issues. There's like maybe a sentence or two about a couple of issues. 
um, and uh, he wouldn't debate me. Uh, uh, in 2014, he would send an aide to sit next to me, but she wasn't allowed to mention any of his issues. She wasn't allowed to talk for him. Uh, this time, we had one meeting at a senior center, and I had to sign an agreement that he that I would have no press. No press would be in the audience. Um, it, it would just be the members from the retirement community. I was allowed two family members and two staffers, uh, and that was it. And that was the only time that we've been able to speak. Um, so I think people, you know, should should be able to hear our issues. I think he should be transparent. So, um, you know, it says that, you know, he is masterful. I mean, he said um, early on when he was asked about Trump, well, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, but I suppose in the end uh, that will all rally around uh, the party. Uh, but you do support Hillary Clinton. Uh, and, you know, as Republicans have pointed out here in the last few days, especially, uh, you support her, even though there's all the controversy about the emails and investigations into the emails. Yes, I do support her. I've known Hillary since 1992 when she lectured to my students at LaSalle University. I was very impressed with her then. Um, she was First Lady of Arkansas. Um, I helped lobby for the baby bill to increase maternity stays from uh, a minimum of 24 hours uh, to, to 48 hours, and um, I, I lobbied for that. And when that was signed, I was invited to the White House uh, Rose Garden signing ceremony. So I have followed her as uh, First Lady of the United States, uh, U.S. Senator and Secretary of State. And I have always found her to be very ethical. Um, I remember, like, researching her and finding out that in one of Bill's campaigns they wanted to do something that wasn't uh, illegal or anything, but it gave the appearance, and she didn't want to do it. And you know what? I'm proud of her. I'm proud that she said, let's open up those emails. Let's put everything on the table. If she had something to hide, she would. It's amazing that the people that know her best, that have studied her, that have researched her, really like her. But the people that don't, uh, I'm also a Fulbright scholar in mass media, so I'm watching how the, you know, some of these people are buying into this, the Koch brothers, she's crooked, you know, that the Donald Trump keeps putting out there, lock her up. <laughs> I think it should be the other way around. You know, she's the one that's, um, in my opinion, uh, worked to do things ethical. Um, and, you know, she's had some laps in judgments, and she admits it. She's not perfect. Um, but overall, I mean, you know, you have Trump not paying his workers, um, tons of lawsuits against him, um, not paying his taxes. And I do know he's working with loopholes. Um, but still, I, you know, I, strong, I think she is overwhelmingly the best candidate. She has the best credentials. Even President Obama says that she's more prepared than anybody else. Uh, to take that seat uh, as president, including past presidents. But just to be accurate here, when you say that uh, you admire her for saying open up the, the emails and show it, well, that's not exactly how it's gone. I mean, that's one of the reasons that this controversy has lasted for well over a year. But, okay, not going not gonna, to, uh, you know, harp on that uh, too much. I want to talk about some issues. You had mentioned raising the minimum wage. What would you like to see it raised to? I would like to see it raised to uh, $15. I mean, you know, I worry about people today not living, having a livable wage. I tell the story of Maria Gonzalez, who had to work at three different Dunkin' Donuts, 
and um, she fell asleep outside one of the Dunkin' Donuts getting ready for her next shift, and apparently she carried gasoline in her car because she ran out once and didn't want that to happen again. The gasoline had tipped over, and she died in her car. I mean, we're the United States of America. We're supposed to be this great, wealthy country. We can't take care of our workers. You know, if if people can't pay their workers livable wages, then they, maybe they shouldn't be, be in that business. Well, you know, you know the argument. You're well aware of the argument against raising the minimum wage to fifteen dollars all at once, especially, is that uh, people like Maria Gonzalez, as you just mentioned, may not get a job because businesses wouldn't hire as many people. Um, you know, people have looked at that and disputed that. Um, there are a number of studies uh, that that said that she she would find another job uh, in a better uh, venue. Uh, and and would be able to get a livable wage for herself and her family. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's talk about uh, something you've mentioned several times, equal pay for women. Now, the last figures I saw is like women uh, earn 77 cents on the dollar compared to a man. What can the Congress of the United States and what would you support as uh, a congresswoman uh, to equal that out, to make it so that uh, a woman earns the same amount as a man for equal work? Um, well, legislation. I mean, there's been legislation um, to make sure that women get equal pay. Um, one of the first acts that President Obama did was pass um, the Lilly Ledbetter Act to make sure that whenever a woman finds out she's not being paid the same, that she could bring a lawsuit. Um, in fact, I have Lilly Ledbetter's endorsement. Um, you know, she's uh, an icon for uh, equal pay for women because. When women aren't paid the same, it affects them. It affects them throughout their entire lives. Even their social security is impact. I talked to the women at the senior centers. They would be ma- they would have so much more money if they were paid equally. Mm. So it makes a difference. It makes a real difference. It makes a difference not only in the women's lives but in their families' lives as well. You've talked about this legislation, but be a little more specific. What would the legislation look like to make it so that it is the law? Well, it, you know, it would only have to be like a sentence or two, you know, that women um, must be paid equally uh, as a man for their job. You know, there should be no gender discrimination uh, in, in employment. And and I think most people would agree with that. But, uh, you know, those who say that one of the reasons that we do have this disparity is that, uh, uh, you know, the amount of time spent on the job. And, uh, and again, these are not my opinions. I'm just bringing up points that, uh, you know, your opponents would argue uh, that, you know, sometimes that uh, there are women, if they take time off for uh, to have children or uh, don't have as much time in uh, the, the office. So, so what do you say to people like that? Well, you know, studies show that when women are employed, um, women make better workers. They 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 work hard. They work harder often. Um, in fact, you know, we have uh, zero women in the Pennsylvania delegation. We have 20 members in our federal delegation in Pennsylvania: two male U.S. senators and 18 congressmen, all men. Um, and the and the studies show the evidence shows that when you have women in office, you're going to get more legislation that benefits women, but also that benefits children and families. So families will be better off. In fact, uh, when 
the government uh, voted for the shutdown of the government, and my opponent, Pat Meehan, did vote for the shutdown of the government. It was the women in Congress that came together, the Republican women, the Democratic women, the women in the House, and the women in the Senate that came together and uh, came up with the compromise to bring government back together. And, and that's where I want to be with those women. Apparently, they get together, they have breakfast together, they talk about their children, their grandchildren. Well, I don't have any grandchildren, but I'll definitely talk about my, my child there. And uh, I really want to be a part of that. Also, with a master's in public administration, my PhD is in political science, but my master's is in public administration, managing government, I would never vote to shut down the government. I don't think it's right. Um, you know, we shouldn't be shutting down uh, the government while um, the legislators are, are receiving salary. It's crazy. You had talked earlier about a ban on assault weapons. In fact, you mentioned that uh, you were one of the people who marched on uh, Congressman Meehan's office. Um, why do you think that there should be a ban on assault weapons? Oh, my God. Um, Sandy Hook, um, Orlando. In fact, um, with Orlando, um, Congressman Meehan was asked if the events of Orlando changed his mind, would he... Um, now support a ban on assault weapons. And he said, the events of Orlando have not changed my mind. I will not support a ban on assault weapons. Mm. Why do you think that's important? I mean, as, as far as, uh, okay, the, the mass shootings, that's one thing. But uh, do you think that a ban on assault weapons would have any impact on crime? Yes, de definitely. Um, it's cer certainly the mass shootings it, it would have on. Um, and as I said, um, I don't think these criminals should be allowed to have more powerful weapons uh, than the police officers out there. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about national security and uh, fighting ISIS. Uh, what is uh, your stand on what the United States should be doing to fight terrorism and ISIS in particular? Um, I definitely think ISIS needs to be defeated. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think we should be sending ground troops in, um, but I think we should be supporting uh, those troops that are, that are on the ground, um, you know, it's just horrendous. And I think Donald uh, Trump is actually encouraging that with some of the statements that he's making. So I think we have to be careful in our national dialogue uh, to what we're saying as well. But um, When you say that we should be supporting the troops that are there now and uh, continue to support them in the future, what do you mean uh, specifically? What uh, form does that, should that support take? Well, the, the groups, um, uh, you know, the Iraqi troops that are fighting ISIL, I, th I think we should help them. I think we should uh, support them. But when you say help and support, I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking for some specifics. What do you mean by that? Um, with knowledge, with uh, diplomacy, um, you know, I know we are, are already helping them, so I think we need to continue to help them. I support what Hillary's saying. I support, you know, she said, we, we can't let them continue. We have to defeat ISIS. Uh, you know, one of the things uh, you, you talked very early on about this district, and it does have a very odd shape. Uh, when you when you take a look at it, it is uh, 
uh, and we do have a map of it on our website, WITF.org. Uh, this district encompasses the eastern part of a few uh, of the townships and municipalities in uh, eastern Lancaster County and also in uh, southern Berks County. But let's face it, uh, Lancaster County's needs are a lot different than, say, Delaware County, uh, Montgomery County, and even well, Chester County. We're a little bit closer to that as far as, uh, you know, agriculture and, you know, the other places being kind of urban. Uh, so what do you know about Lancaster County? And as a congresswoman, what would you do for Lancaster County and Southern Berks County? Well, um, since 2014, I've been in Lancaster and Berks numerous times. In fact, the people there have thanked me for coming because they said they don't even know who their congressman is. Um, they've never seen him. Uh, so I have been there. I've been in the uh, Mushroom Parade uh, in uh, Lancaster. Uh, I've been in Berks County to different fairs, to office openings. Um, but you're right. Um, you know, this this district is different uh, from the rest of the district, and that's another one of the problems uh, with gerrymandering uh you know the the amish um we we don't have amish here in delaware county um but i've been working to help the needs i've been i've been traveling all five counties uh you know put a lot of wear and tear on my car uh so i i you know i would definitely not support gerrymandering i i think as the supreme court said it should be compact the district should be compact and concise um the washington post had uh, contest to label this district, and the winner was Donald Duck kicking Goofy. And I encourage I encourage your listeners to uh, go look at uh, the seventh congressional district, the map of the seventh congressional district, to Google that. It is really outrageous if you look at it. Well, we are almost out of time, and I always like to give a candidate an opportunity to leave a message with voters. What would that be? Well, I think if you look at our government today, um, you can see how dysfunctional it is. Um, so I believe Hillary's going to be elected president, and she will need a Congress that she can work with. And uh, I know for sure that Pat Mann um, has been working with the Republican leadership. He will vote for Paul Ryan to be speaker. Um, if you really want things to get done, you know, I'm a political science professor. I know that people say they like divided government for checks and balances. But if you want real legislation that's going to help you get passed, um, then you need a government uh, that, that, that's uh, the same, that's unified. And I will work with Hillary uh, to make sure that, that health care costs go down, um, that, that we're safe. Uh, used to be when people thought that they were safer with the Republicans uh, nationally, but now you are safer uh, with the Democrats in charge. Uh, so I ask them to please consider me. Um, you know, I would represent the district. I'm from the district, uh, and I would definitely be for the district. Our guest has been Mary Ellen Baltunas. She's the Democrat running for Congress in the 7th Congressional District. Ms. Baltunas, thank you very much for being with us today. Oh, Scott, thank you so much. Take care. You're listening to Smart Talk on WITF, your home for NPR News and all things regional. I'm Scott Lamar. The 11th Congressional District features a matchup of two former mayors of Hazleton, Republican incumbent Congressman Lou Barletta and Democrat Mike Mariscano. Mayor Mariscano joins us on today's program, and I should tell you that the 11th District includes parts of Dauphin, Cumberland, and Perry counties, as well as all of Columbia, Montour, and Wyoming counties, and parts of Luzerne and Northumberland counties. Mayor Mariscano, welcome to the program. 
Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. All right. I have to ask this question right off the bat. Uh, why are you running uh, for Congress in the 11th District? Well, I'm running for Congress in the 11th District because I don't like the job that my congressman's doing, uh, Lou Barletta. Uh, so I've decided to uh, uh, to get back into politics, so to speak, and do something about it. Uh, uh, I don't believe the people in the 11th Congressional District are being represented, whether it's uh, from Wyoming County uh, all the way down through uh, Shippensburg in the Cumberland County. Uh, I don't see any improvement in uh, in one of the issues we have up here in, in Luzerne County, Hazleton, basically, in the, uh, the drug and opiate issues here in Hazleton. He's a hometown mayor like I was. And uh, no backup, no support for the police and uh, several of the other issues that uh, – need to be represented by someone in Washington. It's not getting done, so uh, I decided to run. Don't like the direction our country's taking. Well, you know, it is a a unique situation in that uh, both you and Congressman Barletta were mayors of Hazleton. And so this presents kind of a unique opportunity in that you can compare your record as mayor with his. And that tells us a little bit about uh, how you would be as a member of Congress. So how do you compare yourself as a mayor to Lou Barletta? Well, my back, I'm grounded in law enforcement. I'm a retired state trooper. I served in the military for six years as an MP. I went on to fly for uh, uh, United Airlines, retired there about 10 years ago as a 767 captain. While I was there, I was uh, selected right after we got hit at 9-11. To, uh, I was actually deputized as a uh, federal marshal while I was flying. And not a federal marshal, but a federal agent. And so my background is, is law enforcement. I was the mayor before Congressman Barletta. Uh, the, the town was in a, a different position in those days um, with respect to uh, the financial well-being of the city and the uh, immigration issue. And we had no crimes in my four years uh, in Hazleton, uh, no misdemeanors, no felonies, no uh no murders, no rapes, no no carjackings, uh, no arsons. Uh, today, it's uh, it's it's common print in a newspaper uh, what's going on in the community. And I'm not pointing the the finger at, at at the congressman, but what I am saying is there's been no support mechanism coming from his office in his tenure in the last uh, six years to uh, bridge the uh, problem we have not only in Luzerne County but throughout the entire. 11th Congressional District. And the other deal is that I show up. Mike Marcicano shows up. I've invited him to nine debates. I was in Bloomsburg College yesterday. He didn't show up down there. We had a debate about a month ago. They turned it into a town hall. They didn't show up at that. So uh, the difference between Lou Barlett and Mike Marcicano is I show up. I'm willing to take the tough questions. Uh, I talk to the people, and I believe when you're a representative uh, in Washington, you know, it should be an honor, not a career. Some of the people down there have made it one. And so I would engage uh, with the people. Uh, I believe the area is, is gerrymandered in a way that it, it's almost impossible for someone up in the Northeast Corridor, uh, you know, to represent the entire district. It's about, about 240 miles down there. I'm, com- I'm coming down to Carlisle tonight, actually, at a group of, uh, it's a Republican group, the 912 group. And I'm going down there at about, I think it's like 6 o'clock this evening. So, you know, I have been down in Cumberland County uh, several times through Columbia County, all the counties. I knocked on about 4,000 doors. 
and uh, I, I will engage the people. The, the big difference between, uh, I think, Congressman Barletta and me is that uh, he's become uh, part of the establishment in Washington. Their job is to keep their job. Uh, they kind of dodge the the issues of the people. Doesn't have town hall meetings anymore. Hasn't had one of those in six years. So the difference is that uh, you know I'll show up, I'll I'll talk to the people, see what their needs are, and go to Washington with them and work across the fence. I will not vote strictly party. I have not endorsed uh, Hillary Clinton. I have not endorsed uh, you know Donald Trump. I'm running for a seat in the United States Congress. And uh, my main focus is on representing the people in this district in a better way and fashion than this congressman has. You know, as we have our conversation here this morning, and for those who are familiar with uh, your record and your campaign, uh, you are more conservative than probably the mainstream uh, Democratic Party. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I was always a blue dog, as you say, conservative Democrat. You know, I'm a I'm a Second Amendment guy. Uh, you know, I believe in smaller government, not larger government. I, you know, I'm critical on some of the entitlement programs. And uh, with, so I, I'm all about the American people. I want to do first for the American people. And uh, that's my primary goal. It always has been when I've been involved in politics, whether it was at the mayor or now with this run for Congress. Why are you a Democrat? Well, I'm an American. Actually, true, <laughs> but you're my, but you're the Democratic my, my, candidate for Congress. Yes, I am a Democratic candidate for Congress. Uh, uh, I happen to be a Democrat, but uh, having said that, uh, I don't agree with a lot of what's going on in the Democratic side of the fence. I do not, I do not, and I don't agree with the uh, with some of the Republican. Uh, rhetoric that we're getting today. I mean, I think it's a disgrace what's going on today on television, what, what we've come to with a presidential election. And I'm a Democrat. I mean, you know, I was a little boy, uh, or not a little boy, but when I was young up here, my mom in a dress factory, and my dad is a plumber, everybody was a Democrat. So, But my vision about America has not been impacted because I have a D behind my name. You know, I raised my hand before God and country several times in the service, and the state police, and what I did with the federal government. Uh, so... You know, I'm I'm proud to be an American citizen. I just happen to be a Democrat. Mm -hmm. So you said that you don't support Hillary Clinton. Lou Barletta was one of the first uh, congressmen, at least here in Pennsylvania, I believe across the country, that came out publicly supporting uh, Donald Trump. So what are you, what is your opinion on uh, Congressman Barletta supporting Donald Trump? Well, he needs Donald Trump to get elected. Short and sweet. Uh, he has no campaign. And, uh, you know, listen, I, I would much rather be in your uh, studio down there with him on another microphone than me on the other one. I've been trying to do that because that's what the people really need to hear, not me talking to you and then Mr. Barletta talking in a later day. You know, uh, it's easy for me to answer your questions. But, you know, his record will speak for himself. I, I have not endorsed uh, – Hillary Clinton, and I have not endorsed Donald Trump. And why he endorsed Donald Trump, you could ask him. I don't know why. I mean, he's been an establishment a Republican a member of the House for six years. I mean, he had John Boehner's cell phone as his number for six years, not Donald Trump. So, and he's changed, and I believe he changed, he changed because uh, he needs Donald Trump to get him reelected to Congress.
And just to let our audience know, we have invited Congressman Bartletta to appear on the program, and so far we have not gotten an answer to that. And uh, this only goes on for another couple of days, so don't know if that uh, will happen or not. Uh, you mentioned illegal immigration. Uh, Lou Bartletta is synonymous with illegal immigration issues. Hazleton got national attention for right. the laws that were passed and uh, the courts made decisions on. Where do you dis- uh, stand on the issue of illegal immigration and what we should do? Well, my my position on uh, illegal immigration are simple. If, if, if someone is in this country illegally, they're subject to deportation, period, short and sweet, uh, to to answer the question about Lou Barletta, when Lou Barletta was the mayor here, uh, he knew from the onset. Uh, the solicitor at the time was attorney Conrad Falvello, and a mayor of a third-class city in Pennsylvania doesn't do anything without the permission and consent of a solicitor, as you know. So for him to try to interpret federal law, that was never going to happen. It was a political stunt, and he was advised by a solicitor in paper and he told him personally, and I know that because Attorney Favello told me that several years ago, not to pursue this. The city would incur a tremendous liability. Now, I know as a former state trooper and as a former mayor that you may not like what's going on in this country, but you cannot enforce federal law. You just cannot do it. So the people up here in the coal region are old, traditional folks. They're all immigrants. They're all immigrants. Most of them up here are. My grandfather came from Italy, and we have the Polish, the Lithuanians, the Irish, I'm sure the same type of diversity found anywhere in the country. And they work. They work for a living, they're very, and they're very proud of their country. And so when we had people coming you know, into the town, uh, uh, a lot of people that we, we knew everybody here. It was a small town. And so we got a tremendous influx of people from New York and New Jersey. And it was after my tenure. We had, we had some of that, but what I did is I applied the law. It didn't matter who you were. If you broke the law, you know, we applied the law. That didn't happen under his tenure. And so this immigration issue was blown out of proportion. And he's not the national spokesman for immigration in the country. You know, Jeff Sessions is. You know, Lou Barletta has done nothing, nothing to address the issue of immigration. You'll hear a lot of talk from him, as you will from other politicians. It's a hot button. What are you going to do about the 20 million people that are here? Well, well, let's let's talk about that, because I did want to get back to the original question is where you stood on illegal immigration. You said that uh, uh, if you are in this country, if someone is in this country illegally, that they should be deported. Uh, I think the figure is between like 11 and 12 million people. Donald Trump has talked about those people being deported, that they all would be rounded up and deported. Now, he's changed a little bit on that. But is that what you're saying? No, you know, I really don't know what the number is. It may be in excess of 20 million. We, we really do not know that. I am not, absolutely not, in favor of rounding anyone up. What I'm saying is that I am telling you what the law says. What the law says, if you're here in the country legally, you're subject to deportation. It's the same law that was on the book several years ago, 40, 50 years ago. Washington has not done anything to enforce it. So now, 2016, I'm running for Congress. I'm the nominee, and you're going to ask me a question. What would I do? What I would do, if elected to Congress, what I would suggest we do is we need to put a panel together and address the situation head on. You know, if you're here illegally in this country, you're breaking the law. Now, I'm, I'm not for in any shape, way, or form, like I said, pulling people out of their homes. You know, this is still the most humane, wealthiest country in the world. But it's an issue that I, I never saw in the 60s or 70s when I grew up. And it is 
it is devastating to our economy. And people are very, very upset about it, regardless of what the polls say or Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton say. I, I've been around. I've been to a lot of houses here in this ninth congressional district. And besides dysfunction in Washington and jobs and immigration, I think the three of them probably are, have this, this, the, are the three big issues in our country. I would, I would propose putting a panel together, and it would have to be done in steps. Obviously, the border has to be shut, closed down immediately. And I don't believe that we need a physical barrier for 2,000 miles. I believe the, the, uh, the technology is available today with, with the satellite, the satellite technology we have today, and the, uh, the aerial platforms with the uh, unmanned uh, drones that we have today and some of the other electronic uh, technology that has evolved through the military. Uh, I think when you put that together with a physical barrier, you can definitely seal the border. And uh, so I would be in favor of that right off the bat. I mean, but it needs to get done. We don't need to talk about it anymore. We need to we need to get it. We need to get it done. And again, uh, and I don't want to get off track here, but this goes back to one of the the founding issues of my campaign, and that is term limits. I, I believe that the decisions we have coming out of Washington today, whether it's on immigration or it's on the Veterans Administration or the taxes or national security, is predicated on people perpetuating their political existence. I believe if they were there for two terms for a congressman or one six-year term for a senator, the decisions that they would make would be predicated on the people and not themselves. They're self-serving. The benefit package, and they go on and on and on about that, but I want to, I want to make sure I answer your question uh, totally about my position on immigration. Uh, I'm against illegal immigration. I'm in favor of closing the border immediate, immediately uh, at all costs. I would not round people up out of their houses. Uh, we have to put a panel together, have the people registered, and if they don't come in to register, then there would be consequences for it. I mean, you can't have this both ways. It's, it's a difficult thing, but it's a t- tremendous drain on our economy. We have people that are working, small business people. They're involved in entitlement po- programs, be it an access card or getting money from the government, you know, and they go out and they start a business. So when somebody that is from this country that they're not on an entitlement program. They go out and start a business, and I'm a small business. You know, that we're, we've been overregulated in this country. So there are a lot of things going on here with illegal immigration that the people in this country uh, are very upset about. And I would be in favor of doing what is necessary, but not pulling people out of the house. You know, and I'm going to move on to some other issues, but, uh, you know, just talking about the economy, though, that there has been research that shows that uh, many of those immigrants actually contribute to the economy uh, and they end up taking jobs that uh, many Americans would not take. Well, that's true. That's that's very true. I mean, it's not one brush covers everyone. There's a lot of different issues. But we still get back to the fact is you can make that claim. And if that's your position, that if people here are illegally and, and they have a, a, a good job and they're contributing to, uh, to the country, then what do you do? Do you, uh, you automatically make them a citizen? I mean, it, it, it's, it, it's an issue that we have not faced before. It's been a problem. It's been around for 40, 50 years. Again, the people in Washington have been dodging it because it's an issue that requires – you know, some hard decisions, and there's consequences for your decisions when you're an elected official. But again, if, if there's a tenure issue that you're there for uh, four years or a set period of time, you're going to do what you have to do. But if that decision is predicated on you being in Washington, you're not going to do the right thing. And that's what's going on. 
Well, let's talk about that. When you say that uh, you support term limits and you mention two terms in uh, the House, one six-year term, is that what you're, you're advocating or were those just numbers that you used? What are you advocating? Well, you know, I think that that would have to be decided, you know, but it, of course the Senate, uh, one six-year term, you know, two 12-year terms, my God, you know, you can go from first grade to high school in 12 years. It's a long time. Uh, and for Congress, they run, run every two years. I would say, you know, two terms, three terms at the most, four or six years, and you go back home. And on top of that, I would cap, I would cap all salaries at $100,000 a year. The Speaker of the House retires with 230000 for the rest of his life. Congressman, I like Lou Barletta, retires with 170000 a year, plus a benefit package for the rest of their lives. I would do away with that completely. Whatever money that was in the retirement coffers in the past, present, or future should be turned right over to Social Security. There would be no benefit package for people running for Congress. Because it costs a lot of money to do this. You know, I'm self-funded. I took some money from the unions, probably, and some people, maybe about $27,000, $28,000. But the lion's share of it, you know, know, it, it came from me. You know, people like Mr. Barletta and other people, they raise millions of dollars. And they're beholden to the people that give them the money, not to the people that they ask to vote for. And in there lies the problem. And the only way that changes is when you, is you put a term limit on. They come in and serve and go home. And until that happens, you're going to have the dysfunction in Washington because we, we don't have anything getting done in this country. And why is that? The laws haven't changed. The opportunities have changed. The people haven't changed. They want jobs. They want better health care. They want a secure nation. You know, they want love of country. They want a better life for their children than they have. None of these things are happening anymore. Why? You need to change, you need to change the people in Washington. 435 congressmen and 100 senators. They need to serve and go home. You know, you brought up a, a point there that, uh, you know, we've heard a whole lot about. In fact, just on this program yesterday, we talked about the polarization and lack of civility in, in politics. If you are elected, now you'd be elected as a Democrat. Uh, are you able, are you willing to reach across the aisle to Republicans and work with Republicans? I mean, that's a yes, no question. But... You know, what do we do to bring this country together again that it is not so divided? Well, we need the people to help on this one. And my answer is that I would reach across the aisle. I mean, it's got to be when we're talking about education, what Republican or Democrat, a congressman or myself or anybody, what, what person in office would not want to see a better educational system? My goodness, we have children graduating from high school that can't tell time on an analog clock. They need a smartphone. And we're pouring more and more money in education. I think people have to come together in Washington. And they're worried. They're worried about keeping that job. You know, I made a lot of money when I was an airline captain, a 767 widebody captain. I didn't get a benefit package like that. I'm sure you don't. You know, we have people that are in Washington that are protecting their compensation package. That's what it comes down. That's the way I see it. Now, some of your listeners may disagree. Some may not. But, you know, I've been around politics for a while in and out of it. And I see what's going on. Years ago, there was civility. People reached across the wall. It didn't matter whether you were a Democrat or Republican. When it was over, you know, you waited till the next election and you put your people forward and it started again. Today, we want to destroy, not me, President Company not included on this one, there's people that want to destroy your family your name, your career, 
Look what's going on with these presidential candidates. My God, it's a disgrace. So I think that uh, it's cooperation, but again, we need to change Washington. Let's talk about the district. As you mentioned, uh, 240 miles, uh, square miles, I think. Are you talking about square miles? But anyway, you know, this reaches all the way down to Shippensburg and into northeastern Pennsylvania. Uh, Northeastern Pennsylvania is much different than it is here in the south central part of the state. How do you represent the interest of a Shippensburg, a Carlisle, uh, you know, some of the places in Dauphin County? Right. Well, you know, I spent spent a lot of time in Dauphin County, you know, and Cumberland County and over in Perry County and Montour and all the way up. And I think when, you know, what could I do? What I could do as your congressman, first of all, I don't believe in the gerrymandering. It needs to be changed because the needs of people in Shippensburg are much different than the needs of the people in Wyoming. We're all American people. But the the geographic uh, issue as it applies to jobs is a little different. So, what I would do as a representative, because it's, it's a congressional job, it's not a, it's not a state job or a local job, I would do what was necessary to, pri- to provide an opportunity for the entire country for our job market to change. And what, what would that be? Well, I'm up in the coal region up here. The anthracite coal veins run through here from Wyoming County, you know, down through uh, Luzerne, Lackawanna, into Schuylkill County, and they kind of run out when we get close to Northumberland County or on Sunbury. And when we get down into... Uh, Dauphin County or Perry County or Cumberland County, you're in the aggregate field down there. So there's a lot of sand and stone and, and quarry work down there. Now, I don't see those businesses or those those people employing the type, the numbers of folks we did. I don't see manufacturing in the coal region coming back with respect to uh, to coal mining. I don't see that happening. So there's a different skill sets that are developing. But whatever those skill sets are, need to be addressed by the people in Washington. That's where the money comes from. Uh, we have a building up here in uh, in Hazleton, actually, uh, St. Joe's Hospital. My daughter was born there a long time ago. It's in deplorable condition. I would like to turn that over to the Veterans Administration and provide some skill set training in there and, and some issues. Uh, there are other buildings that I've seen down in, in Steelton, which was uh, basically was, was a steel town. I mean, it, it resembles Hazleton. They're, they're almost, they're not ghost towns, but we call them that they're, they're Rust Belt towns. There are no opportunity, no opportunity for the children. The people are there, folks like my, my mom and dad, are, God bless them, they're still alive. They're, they're almost uh, 90 years of age. And so their children, the kids like me, are kind of retired, and some of us are still around, but our children, they they don't want to stay here. They don't want to stay in Hazleton. They want to stay in, they're in Steelton. They want to go where there's opportunities. So there's no opportunities in this 11 district that I see it unless you're close to Harrisburg or close to a municipality where there are governmental uh, governmental and, jobs. Mayor, I, I have to interrupt you because we're out of time, but I want to thank you very much for being with us today. Well, nice, nice to talk to you. Democrat Mike Mariscano is candidate for Congress in the 11th District. That includes uh, parts of Dauphin, Cumberland, and Perry counties, as well as all of Columbia, Montour, and Wyoming counties, and parts of Luzerne and Northumberland counties. WITF's election 2016 coverage is supported by the Harrisburg office of the law firm of Saul Ewing LLP. Coming up on uh, tomorrow's program, I'm going to be talking with another congressional candidate. Uh, and want to remind you, and we're invited you to participate day after election here in Smart Talk. We're having a live studio audience. I'd like to invite you to RSVP or uh, to come in for that.